Blog Talk Radio. Do, do what you want to.
felt like, who do he love? Check my stats, got racks on racks, I rap, so I got groupie love. She don't care, she follow me, frequently I follow her. She don't mind, she think I'm fine, I am her favorite follower. Twitter after dark is where I told her I would swallow her. And she said the same, at this point I think a lot of her. She sent me a pic so I could start to see a lot of her. She ain't have no clothes on so I could see a lot of her. Think I hit the lotto, bro. Make a million Powerball. I've been around a lot of dimes. Shorty worth a dollar more. Shorty turning me on. When I click on my computer. I ain't even got an aim. Just let the webcam shoot up.
this, can't take this no more. I can't take this, can't take this no more. All the time I spend in this relationship, going back and forth. When you stress me out, texting me on the phone, calling me a liar throughout the PS. I always and always hold you down. Hold you down. This love is complex. At times I wanna give up. My heart is fragmented. Broken a million times. Shattered a million tears. Damn near drown myself. He ignores my calls. He never picks up. Constantly calling me a liar. When I always try to tell the truth. I'm always keeping it real. There's always something wrong. Even though it's hard, I never give up. Pushing myself throughout the bullshit. Now this love and this love, this love is so cold. Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more. Now this love and this love, this love is so cold. Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more. This love is so hard. He won't compromise. I try to explain to him. He never listens to me. All I want is what your love inside our differences. No matter what, I can never leave you. Anything you say, I always believe you. I never question you. I keep running back. No matter what you do to me, I keep coming back. Sometimes I feel like we Siamese twins. I get high on your love like it's ecstasy. I admit, I let you get the best of me. That's when I realize. That's why I bond so tight. We inseparable. They try to break us up. We always make it back. I cried a million tears. I live my life in fear. What would I ever do? I could have had anybody, but I choose you. Now this love and this love, this love is so cold. Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more. Now this love and this love, this love is so cool Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more Now this love and this love, this love is so cool Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more Now this love and this love, this love is so cool Can't take it, can't take it, can't take it no more
be against me Model type, but she wasn't in the blend, no Round the way, girl, pretty like the sunrise By the way, had eyes like blue skies Had a man, but was looking for a new guy Coincidence, I was looking for a new ride Classy, got Nikes in the suit First date, so the skirt is not too high Mid-twenties, but still in the suit short I like it cause she played both sides like full court Conversation good, wine even better Seem like a veteran, remind me of Ella Cool chick protecting at dinner will upset her She was in my dreams before I even met her Check please, cause tomorrow we on jet skis Who could do it like I do it, girl, except me? All the money Count my money, not a dollar dollar miss. Hit her off for 10% cause she she never lie. Got her own, down south on her home. But up north, yeah, I'm the man to make a moan. Amber Rose, overrated, even she knows. That's a lie, nice try, even she knows. Top model walk, educated talk. Killer competition, still see the chalk. Move like Melrose, but think New York. Speak about love and they think you soft, too. Stick around, see a king in the making. Stick around, see a team in the taking. I embrace that, then embrace you. Can't fake that, the rest is all you. For the future, settle down, couple kids that are teaching. Yeah, life far from the rap game. Satan, cause you carrying a rap name. Hey, I work hard for the lifestyle, just to see a pretty face with a nightgown. Change your names for the days in the week. Yeah, corny, but she minded. Yeah, up and they did it wrong, cause they not around. Let them talk pretty soon, they'll quiet down. No match, you need a lighter for this. Catching the fire, please. Shows out of state, she don't want to relate. No, rather stay home, baby. I can relate. Yeah. Hello? Hold on, say that again. What would you say? What you just say? Yep. Did you say about a smartphone? Yeah, man. What'd you say? You, you had to get another smartphone? What?
tuned in to Real Talk with Lee on Blog Talk Radio. We rise, we grind. You rise, you grind. We rise, we grind. You rise, you grind. We rise, we grind. Now wake your ass up. Monday through Friday on Blog Talk Radio, Real Talk with Lee. Check in.
them haters Cause motherfucker we made it Went to Howard University Got degree graduated I had the will to succeed Guess me Lil B came my Jada This that boss man shit Hold on Let me pick my J's up Let my tash show Pants sag Grab a lady ass if I want to If you didn't know Rent run shit I do what the hell I wanna do Right Live life like fuck it Cause you only live once Hit some sexy girls that wanna get sexed out and what shit Tryna get some, always on my toes Never had steps, turn a bucket to a bench and a bench to a jet Is the mission, respect the pimpin' About my dough like I'm home with and Relax around you niggas, whack ass niggas Most rats chase cheese, put trash around niggas Don't know about y'all, throw plaques on my wall How you wanna play when your ass don't know how to ball? Some people real, some people fake Some people show love, but see Most motherfuckers hate so When I cook up the world, get shook up, shook up, shook up Coming for your soul, man, better pick the holy book It's time for me to act the ass Stack some cash or a laugh with the teller why she do the math All because I did the most shit My grind so classic deserves it Pardon me, I don't mean to boast But the bullets from my mind's holster Plus the style, homie Got you looking foul while I ran one wild Homie, oh, you don't know by now I got hard, mostly Will Smith and seven pounds Homie, ha 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 Nah, dog, I would not stop Ha 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 Until I reach the top Ha 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 Element of surprise will make you not want to believe your eyes Funny, most of y'all will believe the lies I wish Tupac was still alive So I bump him up What? I'm a rude boy, ask Rihanna Do she want to know if it's big enough? How silly am I to be fly? But you can't do it if you don't try And see, this rap shit is easy to me All across the web, Lily is to see. Fuck smoky the bed, they ignite the tree Top sweets and parry may be the life of me Some people real, some people fake Some people show love, but see Most motherfuckers hate so When I cook up the world, get yeah, shook up, shook up, shook up Coming for your soul, man, better pick the holy book up Destiny Calls, the debut novel by Connor K. Gray. Here's what reviewers are saying. It's an action-packed page turn. It grabs your attention right from the beginning and leaves you wanting more. Lots of twists and turns that will keep you on your toes. Gray does an amazing job at connecting his readers with his characters. It was hard to put this book down simply because I wanted to know what was going to happen next. This novel is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats. Check your local bookstores or Amazon.com. Thank you for calling. Thank you. 
Inner City Strength is a memoir following a basketball phenom's life from abuse to glory. Basketball represented an escape for Dwight Slaughter, so much so that he wrote it all the way to notoriety. Inner City Strength is Slaughter's riveting story. Slaughter graduated from Verbum Day High School in Watts, a school with one of the top ten most successful basketball teams of all time. In 1972, Dwight Slaughter was voted number one high school player in the country by Sports Magazine. Slaughter was interviewed by sports reporter legend Howard Cosell on his popular show Sports Beat and in his book I Never Played the Game. 60 Minutes anchor Morley Schaefer, John Chancellor from World News Nightly, ESPN, and Sports Illustrated named Slaughter one of the top 100 basketball players in the state of California. Slaughter's gripping memoir takes the reader into his personal life of abuse, betrayal, and murder. Get his book now on Amazon, iTunes, and Barnes & Noble, Inner City Strength.
All right, we're here. Um, it is Wild Out Wednesday here on Real Talk with Lee. Um, we have a special guest in, in the building. We have Miss uh, Tawana. I can't pronounce the last name, so can you say your name for me, Tawana? Uh, Tawana Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R. Oh, okay. Um, how you doing today? I'm fine. Okay, we also have uh, our co-host in the building on uh, Wild Out Wednesday, Big State. You want to say what's up to the people? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're Snuggle Buddies. Snuggle with an H. Snuggle Buddies. Okay. Now, um, Tawana, for the, for the people who don't know who Tawana Lowey is, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm a poet, a published author, a playwright, a screenwriter, and a motivational speaker. And I just start doing the motivational speaking thing, and I really enjoy it. Uh, so I'm doing that. And I do other little things. I write lyrics. I do other little things when I don't have anything to do, <laughs> when I'm not writing anything else. Mm-hmm. And um, what what made you want to be a writer? Is that something that you always knew you would do, or did it come through, like, uh, different life experiences? Uh, well, I always... Since I was young, I did. I was writing. I used to write poems. But then uh, I was going to college, like a community college, and we had for our English class, we had to write a chapter. And the English, I made an A on it, and the English teacher pushed pulled me aside, and he said, one day you're going to be a great writer. I didn't listen to that. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not. I didn't like writing, but that what I wrote was on teen pregnancy. And it was published in the school paper and everything. I became like uh, famous on the, in the college, and but I didn't really want to, to write books and all of that because it's hard. It, this, it's really not easy, but you know, like you just mentioned, life, life happened, and that's how the book was birthed. Uh, I've written other books uh, like mm-hmm. from Darkness to Marvelous Light, and I've written children books, uh, The Castle Hill Game. But this book is my life, and that's why it's called My Life from Tragedy to Destiny. So that's how I got into that. But the I had got saved, and that's when I started doing the poems again. And then I trained myself to do plays, and uh, screenplays, and both of those ones in contest. So then I knew I had what it takes. So then I wrote some plays that's on DVD now, that's on Netflix, mm-hmm. two plays that I wrote. Uh, and so it's... That's my passion, writing. But sometimes, like writing this book, uh, it was hard to do because, you know, the things I've been through in my life, um, it's been a lot. And, and what are some of those things? Of, and you can share some with us. Like, what are some of those things you've, uh, you know, you've been through in your own life that, um, you know, you put this uh, story together? Uh, well, the first thing is my father committed suicide when I was 12. And I'm the oldest and of four children and the only girl that he had. So, you know, me and my father was real close, so that was devastating. And me and my mother didn't have a real good relationship, so our relationship wasn't really good. So when I was 14, I became defiant because we didn't, mm-hmm. we wasn't able to mourn properly. And we, from their sight and mine, we were supposed to be normal. But how can you be normal when the men that we loved, more mm-hmm. than anything, that, and he had committed suicide, so 
we were we were confused. We didn't go to therapy, didn't do anything. So I became very defiant. And uh, I ended up getting pregnant at uh, 15. I had my daughter, well, I was like 14 when I got pregnant. And then had my daughter when I was 15. And then at 16, I married my ex-husband. And then I had another daughter. And when I had, after I had her, he started beating me every single day, locking me in the house, taking the telephone, went back groceries. He'd go out to work. He made me drop out of school because he was very jealous and controlling. So then I felt stuck. So I'm a little girl. I don't have nobody, you know, to talk to. So I felt stuck in that environment with him. And I didn't know a lot because I was 16 and, uh, but one day he dragged me down some stairs, and I said, that's it. He went to work. I clamped out that window, figured out a way to have to get out of the house because he had me locked in, and he had the phone. So I went next door, and I called my mama, and uh, they got a truck and came and got me while he was at work. I left, and I never turned back because I'm, every day I was getting beat, pulled downstairs and all that, and I was tired of that. Uh-uh. So wow. when I left, yeah, I, I had, I'm telling you, so the, you have to read the book. And you're going to be like, this is why I've been going on speaking engagements, because people are being blessed by the book, but it'll make you cry at some parts. And then, because it came to the end recently, like a year ago, I almost died, because making the wrong decisions, like choosing the wrong men, mm-hmm. either they were abusers, uh, they was mentally abusive, and yeah, no, uh, I know how that is. I had a I had a friend, you know, Ricardo Bailey. He he was a um, you know, he was a victim of domestic violence. You know, his, his boyfriend wow. you know, used to jumble him all the time, and you know, finally I talked him into leaving. You know, because I just thought it was, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was a lot to deal with, and I was like, this guy's gonna kill you if he doesn't stop beating right, on you. Right, but, but you know, I I, I guess. On the outside looking in, I didn't see because I never knew why he stayed with that guy for, like, all those years. And they, you know, this is, like, from high school. And finally, you know, you know this last year, they, they finally, he finally got the courage to leave. So I, I just, I definitely yeah. want to, you know, so and I'm I, I'm glad that you shared your story, you know, because that, that helps others. And I think, you, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and, and the uh, that thing about it is when I got out of that relationship, I left him, but he was so mad, so he couldn't find a way. He couldn't come and beat me anymore, so they took my kids. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm I'm 19 with three kids then, but I love my kids, and I cried every day. It felt like I, my kids died, and they wouldn't let me talk to them or anything, and I just couldn't even function. So I called the police. Police said, ain't nothing we can do because you're still married. I was like, oh, my God. And he said, well, he he just said there's nothing to do, we could do. And so he left. So we ended up getting uh, joint custody. And then mm-hmm. on the weekend they were supposed to have them, the grandmother brings the kids back and said they still crying for me and wanted their mom. So I'm happy. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so I'm excited. Next time I know, boom, 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 boom on my door. It's the police. They done called the police on me and said I kidnapped the kids back. Mm. I could not believe they did that. They were the meanest. This is, I'm telling you, my life, <laughs> I done had haters. 
everything. So I'm like, and I have not done anything to anybody. And they always coming against me. And I'm telling you, I fought for my daughters. I was not about, and I was a child, and I did that alone, too. I'm telling you everything I've done alone, and I learned how to be strong. Uh, but that life, you know, living life, uh, because I sure did learn a whole lot, I'm telling you. The only thing I didn't do was I didn't do drugs, and this was shocks people. I never did drugs, but I was a beer holic, <laughs> and I used to drink beer like 40 going north because I was right. I mean, I've been through so much stuff that the average person would not be able to take it. But I don't know how I was able to have it. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah, because a lot of people, you face. know, the question is, because the people on the outside looking there will say, why don't you just leave? And they don't understand because you tell, you know, people like, because yeah. like, there's more than just physical. A lot of times it'd be like psychological abuse too, you know, mentally. It's mental, abusive yeah. too, And then, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they say, why don't you just leave? It's usually not that just, just that simple. You know what I mean? Right, right. Then you get those threats. I'm going to kill you if you go. And that's what I was getting. If you leave me, I'm going to kill you, but it never happened. I left, but he tried to take my kids. And I ended up getting permanent custody of my kids. He wasn't even in their life ever. My daughters, my two oldest daughters that went to college, I, because they seen their mama go through things. And they're strong, two strong mm-hmm. young women. They went to college and got degrees. I did that, uh, you know, get them in the right way. But they see me do some messed up stuff, too, because I became a beerholic. That's what I call myself. I was a beerholic. I'm an ex-beerholic. Man, the, the sound of it stinks. The, the beer stinks. The smell. I don't like it. And I used to smoke cigarettes. I don't like those now. And it's been 15 years. I stopped completely, instantly. I didn't have to wean myself. I, it was a spiritual thing. You know, I, I heard some a voice speak to me, and I said, oh, he could talk to you for real. You know, I, I heard these people, pastors and stuff, say, God said, I used to be like, yeah, right. But I heard a voice for real and said I was going to be okay, I was going to be all right. And that day I stopped. I became celibate. I stopped everything. And at that point I was tired of my life. I was tired of getting the same old guys who wasn't about anything and Tired of going to the clubs, and because up to that point I had been, uh, after I started drinking the first time, after that first rape, and, and it was the rape, the, mm-hmm. the husband abusing me. Then I end up uh, the third daughter, because remember I said I got three daughters. The mm-hmm. third daughter's back somebody else, and he knew that this guy was abusing me. And one day I walked in the room, bedroom, and he had Anita in his arm. Wow. And I was like, what are you what, what are you doing? Because I didn't know any, I was naive, and I didn't know anything about people shooting up drugs and stuff. And he beat the crap out of me. And after that, he started beating me, and he knew that that ex-husband drove me downstairs before and kicked me with steel toe boots on. He did that. He didn't kick me with the steel to a boots on, but he dragged me outside in front of a lot of people, and I had on a gown. That was it. I was like, I'm not taking it anymore because he was doing drugs. He was shooting up. He was stealing from me. He was stealing stuff out of my house. I mean, it was horrible. And, you know, wow. being with him, it was stopping me from getting to what, what I want to do. Like, I wanted to finish school. I was on a road student. He made, the ex-husband made me drop out of school. Then when I got with the second one, Dad, we didn't 
get married. I would have never married him. Wait, wait, wait. He said he had, he's he had like, a daughter. Like, on some jealousy. Like, he was like, was he too jealous for, like, other men to be around you? Because a lot of them, it's, it's like a control thing yeah. or, or something. He, he was just crazy. Now, the ex-husband was jealous. He didn't want me to. We in the car. I had to look straight. If I turned and looked at some men or anything, i get popped in the eye. He was very jealous. That's why he didn't like me to go. He didn't want me to go to school. And I, he made me drop out. But when I left him, I went and got my GED. Then I went to a community college. So that's why I went to that community college. So I started doing stuff, uh, standing up for myself. But before that, I went to the community college. The guy, the second guy, he started beating me. And, mm. I mean, they was always, my dream was getting beat down. Like, it was, I had dreams of what I wanted to do, although I had kids. Uh, because I used, I loved to write then. I did write when I was, like, in my early 20s, but I used to write mm-hmm. rap songs. And uh, I used to DJ. And it oh, okay. everybody out. But, yeah, it was back in the day, like in the 70s and stuff. And I used to, when rap just came out, and I used to write rap songs, and I used to DJ and everything. And I uh, DJed in this club, but it was, like, a, for kids, teenagers. And uh, they have skating parties, and I would DJ, and they used to call me Miss T. And I loved that. But one day I came home, and that fool had broke up all my albums. And he broke my Prince album. That was it. That was it because I'm a Prince fanatic. And I was like, no, you didn't. You know, albums are not cheap. (laughs) That's what everybody laughed when they said, oh, shoot. He tore up my Prince pictures. I had Prince all on my bedroom while he tore all those Prince pictures up in his and everything. Prince don't well, know me. Was that dude jealousy, too? too? Like, I'm tired of you looking at him? You know, type <laughs> thing? Like, he went into, like, a, a, some sort of, you know, rage? Some sort of maybe drug-induced rage? He was wow. crazy. And then he was jealous because I was DJing. He was jealous. So it, I ended up not doing that. I was going training at the radio station and everything, but I ended up not doing it because... He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna make me happy. He was gonna make me feel miserable every day. Gave it up, and this is what I had to go through for a long time. Like with these guys, they see me doing mm-hmm. better than them. They try to turn me down, and it worked for a long time. It worked, right? Because you know, like looking back on you know on your situation, like um, you, you know, why, why do you think it is that you kept getting you know caught in that cycle? Because you know, obviously, you know, from day one, no one's gonna show you their, their abusive side. You know. Yeah, but mm-hmm. how do you think you kept end up in that same you know situation where you know you just kept running across like very abusive men? Uh, you know, I have the slightest idea. I told my daughter, I said I must be a magnet for that, for those type of men, because even as I got older, I left those two guys alone. I got older, and I started dating and and things, and they were dogs. You know, they'll be good, okay, but they didn't fight me. I didn't know they didn't fight me anymore, but, and plus I started fighting back. So <laughs> they didn't, I kind of started learning how to fight a man, for real. And I'm, I'm not playing. Like, I put my fists up and everything. I grab the box. Like, I'm a guy because I had got used to it. So then I became the abuser, really. I, I wow. said, like, if you did something wrong with me, to me, you can your butt kicked. And that's how I was because I got married a second time. And I said, that's going to be this the last time because the marriage sucked. With him, so you mean, he you didn't mean to tell me you went from being the one abused, from the abusee to the abuser? Yeah, that's what he did. 
Yeah. With my, uh, it was two guys. It was uh, ex-boyfriend. He got popped with a phone because he was messing with my sister-in-law. Now, that ex-sister-in-law, and that was horrible. You don't do that. And she shouldn't have done that either. That was low. So I left him alone, but he got popped with that phone before he, I put him out. Now, he didn't really live with me, but he would come over and maybe spend a night because I wasn't going for that living in my house. So, and most of the time, I, whatever I did, I did it outside. I didn't do it in front of my daughters. I commend me for that, too, because I never did that. Never had guys living, you know, living with me. I he got married again, and he lived with me, but my daughters could not stand him. And then I see why. But, you, you know, I was blinded. But it was just everything. He was mentally abusive. And he, that's, that's the one I wanted to fight. But uh, he didn't fight, and we didn't fight. But I really wanted to, because I took him back after I put him out because he kept begging. And mm-hmm. I took him back, and he stopped messing with this girl. And she was calling my house, talking about he'd been over her house and stayed all night. And I said, he can have him. And I told him he had to go, and that's when I wanted to fight him because I was mad because I was like, I'm tired of these men thinking I'm stupid. <laughs> so I was mad, and I put him out, and I divorced him. Um, I filed for a divorce, and he would never stand up. He telling the people, I'm not standing there. She's coming back. Now, ain't, ain't that crazy? <laughs> if you knew yeah. the stuff he did to me, he didn't hit me. He abused me mentally. He messed around on me so much. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was normal. And if I'd done it on him, he would have had a heart attack. But he thought it was okay for him to do that. And, uh, okay for the girls, kiss the girls in my face and all that. He thought that was okay. It wasn't okay. So he had to go. And that's why before I do, had did something to him, because I did one time I slammed the window down on his fingers because I was so mad. I was trying to cut him down things out. I was mad at him kissing this girl in my face at this party. I said, wow. when it was, I was done. I said, I'm done. I can't deal with this anymore. And I slammed him. He tried to come climb through my window. I put him out of the house. And he said, open up the window. And he was begging for me to let him in. And he put his hands in the window like he's climbing the window. So I slammed it down. I said, you're not coming in my house. And I slammed his hand down. He's screaming and everything. Police came to the next door, called the police, and they made him leave. And after that, I made a vow. I'm not getting no relationship. And I really didn't. Uh, you know, I had a little friend. I didn't didn't have nobody that I called my boyfriend. And then I ended up getting saved, uh, like in 1999. And uh-huh. I became celibate. Uh, because, and I was tired of everything I've been through because I don't left out some stuff in the book. So if anybody want to know, they got to get their book. Because it's other stuff, too, that happened to me up until the last news that I got while I was ready to kill myself. Oh, I wow. To do so have you remained did. celibate since, you know, since you uh, found found God, you know, became a Christian? Have you been celibate since uh, 99? Uh, let me tell you, I made a stupid mistake. <laughs> Met this minister. Was with him one time, and I told him I was celibate. I was had been celibate at that point for almost three years, and I had told him I'm celibate. I, you know, I'm not planning on doing anything, and he was okay with that. And we we went to uh, Memphis or something. I can't even remember because it wasn't memorable. But we we went there for the weekend. And he showed me a good time, but mm-hmm. on the last day when it's time for me to go, he was like, I, you know. 
I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to see you. And he was going through all that, trying to make me feel sad, and it did. It worked and, uh, and because he was asking for some sex. So I said, you got to use condoms because, see, he didn't know that I was tested in 1999 because I had to have surgery. And I was mm-hmm. negative, and I never was with anybody, you know, until I was with him that one time. And that was almost three years later. I was celibate for them three years. Wasn't thinking about dating or anything, but he, he and I had talked for like almost a year. And, uh, but we didn't, you know, we never even did that because he lived in South Carolina and I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. So I ended up doing that. End up, he didn't. He, I ended up giving him son, being weak, and and then I'm thinking he's a minister. And I'm thinking, oh, he's all right. He, he, no, he's talking about marrying me and things. Uh, he's a minister, uh-uh. really? Yeah. Yeah. So you know I'm great lead at on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, you have to wear a condom. He said, I got a condom. So when he said that, it, in my mind, it went ding, 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 ding. Okay, wait a minute. He's a minister. Why wearing some condom? He should have said, I'm going to support <laughs> it. <laughs> so that made, that made me wonder, but he made me think he had one on, but when he got up, I see he didn't have one on. So when I got home, I cried all the way on the plane. I promise you, it was it was because I felt so bad. Uh, uh-huh. It really changed my life, and I felt bad. I felt like I did this. I cheated on God. That's how I felt. I felt like, oh, I did this. I felt so bad and so dirty. And so when I got home, I told my daughter, I said, he got up and he didn't have on a condom. And I said, well, he didn't give me anything. And so... Hmm. For 10 years, 10 years went past. I'm living my life. I haven't heard from this guy at all. Have not talked to him. He dropped off the face of the earth. Moved to Atlanta. Wow. He forgot. Yes, he forgot. So then I knew I said, it's N-word probably. And I don't even say that word, but I said he probably then gave me something because I started getting sick. I started getting uh-huh. sick like three days afterwards. My throat started hurting a lot. And I start eating cough drops a whole lot. And at this time, I'm raising my grandkids, my five grandchildren, uh, when I start getting sick uh, because their mom was mistreating them and the state was where to take them. And so I got them, and I raised them for 10 years. So, uh, so I'm dealing with that, and I'm dealing with feeling ill every day. So 10 years went past, and I start feeling real sick. My stomach started hurting real bad. Went to the doctor. She said, your symptoms sound like HIV. Wow. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I said, no, there's no way I can have that. And she said, can I do a test? And I, I said, of course. I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't have it. So I'm like, of course. The next week, she comes out. She said, Miss Lolly, you tested positive for HIV. I was floored because then I'm celibate 10 years. Wow. And I'm like. Oh my God! And I was like, God, why did you let this happen? I was like, Well, because I, I knew He gave it to me. I knew He did. And and the thing about that is, I was so depressed and in denial. I didn't seek no attention, uh, medical attention for almost three years. I was in a deep, deep denial. I didn't want to hear the, the, the word HIV. I did just didn't want to hear it because I'm like, I didn't change my life for this. So when I, I still have my seizures, and 
my daughter rushed me to the hospital, and they wouldn't tell them that I had HIV. They just said I had to go to the HIV clinic. They made me go because I would never go. I kept saying I'm going to go tomorrow, but I started getting sick. Like, well, I couldn't walk. Uh, I would fall out. I would get dizzy and pass out. So it was like things kept happening to me. And they was like, you got to go after those seizures. And they said, you got to go back to the HIV clinic. So she, my daughter took me back, and I had AIDS. What? Because I had full-blown AIDS and dementia because I lost my memory. I couldn't remember nothing, anything. I'm telling you, I didn't know how to do anything. I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't write. I, you know, this book was a miracle because I could not write. So this book, people going to have to get the book to see. And now they're talking about prophesying that it's going to be a movie. And I heard it from so many interviews I've been on. People saying this is going to be a movie. Because you got to read the book to see the whole picture of what I've been going, what I had went through in my whole life. My daughter cursed me out while I had her kids. And said when I die, she's going to spit on my grave. I mean, horrible, horrible. I've been treated horribly almost all my life. And to find out, I wanted to die when they said I had AIDS. Because I, but to me, I was like, okay, then I'm going to die. So just let me die. And my daughters, they weren't having that. And they took care of me. They changed. I had to wear, I couldn't use the bathroom because I didn't know when I had to use it. So I had to wear the pins. I, I was handicapped. They had to feed me. They had to brush my teeth, wash my hair. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't wow. do anything. And, uh, but just one day, I got better. But everybody asked me, how did I do it? And I'm t- it wasn't me. It was a miracle. Even the doctor said, and you know, most doctors don't believe in God and they don't believe in miracles. But they said that, that that was a miracle because I was supposed to die. They said I was like two weeks from dying. And my daughter said, told me that, but my daughter came in the room one night and she said, Mama, you dying. And now they done told me this before, but I was saying, my man, get on out of here. Leave me alone. I want to die. Let me die in peace. I want to die because I really wanted to die. And she said, you got too much in your future. She said, your writing. She said, people love your writing. She said, if you die, it's all gone. She said, you, it's going to devastate us, and it's going to devastate your grandkids. And when she said the grandkids, I was like, oh, my God. I forgot I had grandkids because, see, I had lost my memory. I didn't even know who my daughters were for a while. So she came back. She was crying, and she came back in the room. And uh, I said, I'm going to work on getting better. And she said, do you want to? We just talk. And do you, we came up to the conclusion, to the idea of uh, try, uh therapy. And she thought I was going to say no, but I said yes. Because I knew, I'm telling you, I knew I needed it because it was a deep depression, and it was going to kill me. And, and, and uh, the AIDS and the dementia, all that was going to kill me because I was really, really depressed. I came out of that. I went to the therapist. I started walking. I started using the bathroom. Before I went to the therapist, I started doing all that. I started coming back, but I still was depressed. But I started walking and, and taking my own showers and doing everything, that's what shocked the doctors because they were like, I done walked in the office, told him I'm using the bathroom now. I'm bragging. I'm happy. And that's what my daughter said, Mama. 
because this pastor told me 15 years ago I was going to write a book that was going to heal the nation. We didn't know what he was talking about. And my daughter said, that's the book. She said, this is the book you're supposed to write because you done came back when people thought you was uh, going to die. She said, and I weighed only 98 pounds. I was dying. And, you know, it was shot for everybody. So I wrote that book, and that was birthed out of that. Um, that was my life. That's why I meant to call it my life. Oh, wow. That is, <clears throat> I mean, Man, that's that's a that's a lot to deal with mentally. Yeah. 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 So. Like, oh my goodness! Like, I mean, for for the most part, most people would not have been able to deal with that situation. That's what my daughter said. They tell me that all the time, and uh, that's what she said when she was talking to me that night. She said, "You always been strong." She said, "You fought for your kids. You were a teenager, and you fought, and you got us back." And she said, "You raised us." She said, "You always been strong. You'd have made it through so much. Don't let this beat you. You can beat it." And I end up beating that AIDS because I don't have AIDS now. I don't even have it now, and I have full blown. I don't have it no no anymore, and I thank God every morning when I get up <laughs> because I don't wow. have it. I have HIV. I have HIV, but I, I kicked that AIDS butt. I, I don't have it, and I don't have dementia either. I wrote that book. I wrote that book, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not sad about having it now because everything happens for a reason. And one day when I was crying, I asked God. I said, why me? Because I'm very spiritual, but I'm not a religious person because I like to have fun. So, you know, like religious people don't like to look at Mr. R&B and all that, and I do and rap and stuff, and I do, but uh, uh, I just don't drink and smoke and all that, and I don't go out to clubs and stuff, but, uh, I, uh, you know, it's just, I stopped all this stuff, and I, I thank God for it. The disease don't depress me, it don't define me, and now <laughs> I'm getting more opportunities now. Like, see, like, I'm talking to you, I've been on interviews, a lot of interviews, I've been on speaking engagements. And then guess what now just happened? The NAACP contacted me, and I'm going to start mm-hmm. doing something with them, and that's great. I'm like, oh, my God. And it's because of what I got, and it's because of my testimony. So it's kind of benefiting me. Like I said, one day I was saying, God, why me? Because I was feeling like that old wise me, why all the time is bad, all this bad news in my life. And he said, why not you? So then I was like, let me shut up because... That means go on and do what you got to do. Stop crying because I got it. I got the disease, and there's nothing I could do about it until a period comes. But right now, I'm undetectable, and I'm crying. Wow, that's that's an amazing uh, story. It's like, wow. Like, I mean... And yeah, most people would not have been able to deal with that. That's that's a whole lot to to take in at one time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then still be able to you know share your story with with others because, like I said, I would think you know for the most part, most people would just go into a a room and kind of curl up like it's over. I'm not you know I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to help somebody else. What, yeah. what about somebody helping me? Mm-hmm. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh-huh. at least that's that's what. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you know, this kind of backwards. I don't want to need help, but you're asking me to help others? That doesn't make sense to me. 
And, yeah, and that's the reason why I speak out on that, to help others. And I spoke at this uh, women's conference in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and it was the HIV-AIDS conference. And I'm telling you, this is the first time I've spoken in front of, like, two, three hundred people. And uh, those women, they start shouting, and I'm the only speaker that got a standing ovation. They made me cry. They were crying and stuff, and they thanked me. That's what they said. Thank you. Thank you for being honest about everything you've been through. And I was like, I told my daughter when we was on our way home back to Louisville, I said, I know now what I'm supposed to do. And I, people kept saying, you're going to speak, and I didn't want to. I said, I don't want to because I like to write and be in the background. Like, I write a play. I ain't got to get out there on the stage. I don't want to do that. And I didn't want to do that, and I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to do it, but the lady asked me to do it, and I said, yeah, I guess so. And I wasn't nervous or anything. I did it with ease. I blessed the women, and I felt good, and that's what made me happy. And I said, I, I like this, and that's what I'm going to be doing at uh, with the NAACP. And then it's another place called Love Hills. They called me today, and I'm praying that I get that as well because – it's a speaker's guru, and they send you to, like, churches and uh-huh. schools. And I, I like the school part, like going to schools and talking to the kids. And she said, that's what we'll do. we talk about HIV and stuff. And I'm like, Dad, it's me. It's me. So, and teen pregnancy and all that, everything I've been through. <laughs> and that's what I told her. I said, I've been through everything as a teenager. Is that uh what love happened by chance is? Uh now uh Is that, that your play? play? Yeah. Yes, is that your play, Love Happened by Chance? Is that your play? Yes, that's my play. Yeah. It's one of my plays. Oh, you said one of the plays. Well, how, how many plays do you have? I mean Uh, I have Love Happened by Chance and then I have uh Who Did Who Did I Marry? And that one has Tom Ford and uh Terry Vine in it. And then I have God Precious Jewels, and they has uh, what's her dad's own name? Can you think of her name? Uh, Mike Tyson's ex-wife. What's her? Uh, Robin. Robin Gibbons. Gibbons? Yeah. And, uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. It sounds like it sounds it, it, it sound like these things kind of took off, you know? That was. Yeah, I like did that when I was sick. Yeah, I wrote those two plays after I found out. You know, and. So right. wait a minute. You, you, so you that thing that thing came back to bite ten years after the fact of the actual encounter took place. Yeah, yeah. I I went ten years ago knowing I had it, and I didn't have symptoms except for the first three days, and then I forgot about that because I didn't get sick or anything. I I lived my life. I moved to California and everything. I I was happy. Wow, I mean, were you did you ever even have another conversation with this individual that that um you know the uh, situation came about from, or y'all never even spoke again in life? Oh uh, well, we did. I had to forgive him first. <laughs> that I had to, but uh, from even me to get any farther in my life, I did forgive him, but I don't talk to him really. We don't have a conversation. You know, we don't have a friendship. It's nothing like that. But 
Like mm-hmm. it's my birthday, he, he might send me something on Facebook and say happy birthday. And every now and then he might say hi. And sometimes I don't even say anything back. And then sometimes I just say hi. He, he'll say. Wow. Uh, I mean, was, was it, do you know if the gentleman was aware or was he was he kind of like, you know, I, a victim I, too? Like he he had no idea. And, and just, you know, uh, one of those I things. think he knew. And I'm going to tell you why I think he knew because he didn't have the condom on. So that's why I, and he said he had one on. So I, that's why I think he did it on purpose. And he waited until it was like the day that I was supposed to go get on to catch my flight back to Louisville, Kentucky. It was just little things, you know, after I thought about it, it made me say, oh, okay, he did this on purpose. And I did talk to him when I found out. Uh, he seen me on Facebook. It was when I was writing those two plays. And uh, he seen me on Facebook and uh, he said, are you okay? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Am I okay? And my daughter said, he's saying he's checking to see if you dead or not. I said, I don't know why he said, I, but I said, told him, I said, he inboxed me. And I said, I'm fine. And then uh, I said, uh, well, I went to the doctor. And they said, I got HIV. He went off. So I didn't even say he gave it to me. <laughs> he don't say, I ain't got no blah, 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 blah. He cussed and everything. He's a minister. And uh, he said, and don't talk to me anymore. Don't call me. Don't, and I haven't talked to the fool for 10 years, so why would I even want to talk to him? Wow. I wasn't looking for him. I was not looking for him. At that point, I didn't like you, so don't worry. You ain't got to worry about me. You know what I'm saying? Calling him, why? You gave, you could have killed me, man, because I went some years not even knowing I had it. And that's horrible. Mm-mm-mm. But... Yeah, and he goes. So wait a minute. He 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 gave he passed you and he goes off on you. Yeah, and told me that he said he don't he didn't give me no HIV. He said I didn't give you no HIV. He said a curse word HIV. And it hurt my feelings because he did. And I'm not getting on you. I'm telling you what you did. But I didn't even say you gave it to me. I just wanted to see what he was going to say. I said, the doctor said I have HIV, and he went off. So then that let me know. I said, guilty. Guilty as charged. He, he did it. Wow. That's, a, I mean, that, that that's, I mean, oh, man. Yeah, so that leaves me think like, okay, if he didn't, that means that you know he never even went down to get checked out. You see what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. you potentially mm-hmm. could still be running around, you know, you know what I'm saying? Passing yeah. around just just because you, you're not having knowledge and and that one to you know accept reality. You have a lot of people that don't want to accept reality. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you may know something's wrong, and it and but something like that, like I said, if it's been all that time. You know, by now you know something's wrong. You can just choose to ignore the fact. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, so I said I ain't wow. worrying about him because he's going to pay for that. So I ain't even worrying about it. I went on uh, with my life and and doing what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, at this point, you know, you, you got to keep living. Like, and, and, and like I said, I think... You know, um, I think with stuff like that, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, uh, someone's mindset, too, because, like I said, you seen Meg Johnson, he came out and said he had HIV. That was like in 92. Here we are 23 uh-huh. years later, 
and the gentleman still is walking walking around. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, you know, lives a fairly you know uh, a fairly pretty decent life, lifestyle. You know what I mean? So the lady uh-huh. twenty three years after the fact, you had to have a very positive attitude. You had to probably stay spiritually grounded and right. more stuff opposed uh-huh. to you know because I, I think that gets a lot of people automatically. You start having you know these negative thoughts and people just kind of give up. Like you know, it, it's no mm-hmm. point to this. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna make it anyway. Type type situation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, I'm going to die anyway. But right. So, I like, got over when your mindset changed, did you see how things changed? Your mindset changed? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you change from, oh, uh-huh. it's over, it, it doesn't matter. I don't, need to, I don't need to take medicine. I don't need to go to a doctor. I don't need to do anything because I'm mm-hmm. going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what when I When you started thinking positive, you, you see how, like, you know, everything <laughs> kind of turned around. Yeah. I take my medicine now faithfully. I don't argue about it. I take it myself because they used to have to give it to me, but I take it myself now. I do everything myself. I cook. I do everything. So I'm back to Tawana, the old Tawana. And I write now, so. Nothing wrong with that, Tawana. Wow. Yeah, and all, and and all this that you shared, all this is in the book or pieces of it or what? All of it. It's more stuff in the book. Yeah, I said all of it's in the book, or it's just pieces and parts of the story yeah. in the book, or everything no. you shared is all this story is going to be in the book. This every, sounds very every, intriguing. You know what I mean? Everything is in the book, and plus some more. So it, it's a good book. I've I've been told people like it. <laughs> and I've been told that it makes you cry, and then my strength, and that that's it's blessing people because they're like, a lot of people didn't know that I had AIDS. And so they know now because I put it in the book. But my daughter was going around telling people when she didn't even supposed to know, the one who uh, I had custody of. But I was listening to the book, too, about me having custody of the kids and how she would curse me out. And it's a copy of one of the Facebook messages. You don't put stuff on Facebook because it never go away. It sure you don't mess it. with a writer. <laughs> That's the society we live in. There's a lot of crazy things going on, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with the, with the police and, you know, like that whole situation happened right, out in right. Texas. I thought mm-hmm. that was crazy, you know what I mean? Then, then we had a situation that I just seen on the news. Guy, guy gets beat down on the Metro bus. It's just like, what? I mean, it's just what? like, what is going on? You, you understand right. what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how did society get to this point? <laughs> you know what I mean? So what he get beat down by police? Or no, no, the guy on the metro got beat down by another passenger. Um, and it was a whole situation. Well, from, from the tape, like they showed the tape, uh, the, the older gentleman, he was like fifty four, gets in the argument with the um with some two teenagers. They're like seventeen mm-hmm. and sixteen. So they get the argument. Uh-huh. They're arguing back and forth. The the older guy gets up and slaps one of them. They take off running. Then this other gentleman, I guess he's forty six. He get he stands up. And he starts talking trash to the guy, like, you know, you know, uh, why you hit them, you know, that little kid like that? And he was like, I bet you won't do it to me and called him a, you know, called him a bitch-ass nigga. And, and then the guy just started beating him, you know, and, and beat him pretty bad. And he's like, you know, and I'm just like, wow, you know, I don't know how to feel about that. Because, like, on one hand, you know, obviously you get beat like that. But on the other hand, like, the, the situation was over. So I'm just like... I don't right, know why you right. involved. Right, he smacked right. the kid. They took off running. It's over. So at that point, I could see if he stood up as soon as it happened when they were when they were arguing. He, 
But the situation is over. There's no need to get involved. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Everybody who was standing there watching around took off running. When they, he started beating them down, they, they took off running too. So I'm like, you, you're trying to lend a helping hand, but no one helps you. You understand what I'm saying? Right, the guys right. you were supposedly standing up for. They never came back and tried to get the guy off of them. I was just amazed that you know what I mean. Huh. I'm just amazed what I see on social media, and then like you know the kids fighting, and and and, and I, I think I got a different uh, perspective on it because with these camera phones, I I really think it's set up you know for the kids to feel because what really happens is is a big thing, right? You beat somebody up, right? You you, you tape it, you put mm-hmm. it on World Star. Well, well, mm-hmm. and all I shot you just committed a crime, and you taped yourself doing the crime, so you can't even go to court and dispute it. Well, what happens? Right, you go to right. court, you, you get arrested. Now you have a, a record. Well, well, guess what? When you try to get that government money to go to school, you cannot. They don't. They will not let uh-huh. felons go to school. Or if you have a arrest record, I know this firsthand because I've had someone in my family go through the same situation. You understand what I'm saying? So you have that arrest record. Guess what? It's no federal money for you to go to school for free. You can't take advantage of being to go to school for free like anyone else just off of something you did as a child that was stupid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm just like, I feel like that them phones need to be taken out of school altogether because you're like ruining kids' futures. Uh-huh. Because you can't take uh-huh. that back. Like, and you just made a good point. Once right. it's on the internet, you can't get it back. You can't get it back. Mm-hmm. This is something that can't be reversed. And that, and, that, and, that, and that criminal record, you can't reverse that. Now you can't go to school, and a lot of people who come from the inner city or the urban communities, their families just don't have the money to send their kid to college. Right. Which right. they could have went, they could have went, you know, just from state funds, but now that's been taken away from from yeah. a, a poor uh-huh. decision that they made as a child. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then you're holding mm-hmm. children to adult consequences, which really isn't right. But you see where it's happening there. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, it's, it's just amazing, you know what I mean? So, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do as a people, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad uh, someone like yourself is just, you know, bold and just brave enough to, to even share your experience because, like I said, I don't know, you know, many people that would, uh, you know, share a situation such like that because that's, that's, that's very personal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this it's not like, you know, it's a horrible thing uh, to have. Yeah. And you know, people look at you different uh, when you get that. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. How, you know, so did people, like, started treating you, okay, when people find out, did they actually started treating you differently or, or what? Uh, not really. Not really? Okay. Pick, like, like not my family didn't, uh, but it, I could tell like some people like don't want didn't want to uh, get near me with this one situation, but it didn't hurt my feelings. So, but I was just like, I, you know, this person is an idiot. You know, it's like a racist. You know, you see, you're a bigot. You sitting up here. I can't make you sick. So. I don't un- sit near you or hugging you because the lady outreached a hug or we went to a church thing. And I knew wow. she, the she knew what thing. was going Really? <laughs> yeah. It, the, the church is where you really find the people who uh, uh, snub down on you. <laughs> you. You really get it. 
I don't really go to church that much. I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church that much. I have a family That's church crazy. every night. That's the one place yeah. you you know you expect that not to happen. That's, That's wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the place where it need is rampant because the ministers and choir directors and musicians are having sex with one another. They are for real in reality. You know the pastors, all of them are doing that, and they keeping church quiet. So it's the disease is in that church. That guy was a minister. So them churches, in a lot of these churches, and I think that's why the NAACP is trying to, they trying to get that in the church so people can be educated because it's people out here not paying attention to nothing you say. In the church and you're a minister, what about here? I mean, yeah, that's first of all, I thought, you know, what happened to the whole reason of waiting until you're married to have sex and then I, I, don't, I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't get it. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Wow. Yeah, you would think that someone wouldn't act like that. So, I mean, did the per- I guess they pulled away, tried to give him a hug. They moved, I guess, or, or what? They were. <laughs> Was the situation oh. like that? Just became awkward. You were trying to give him a hug, and they like moved out the way or something. Yeah, moved. She moved back, and I said to myself, I said, I know what you're doing. But I didn't care. It didn't hurt me, man. It just kind of made me mad. And I knew she knew. That's how I knew she knew because she's my brother's uh, uh, wife's mother. So she done went and told her mother what I got. But, and I can kind of know when people uh, know because they're, they're kind of funny. And so it's not a lot. Of, I haven't dealt with it a lot, but just a few times. But I don't pay any attention. Mm-hmm. And but that's what I was telling you about my daughter. She's uh, so vindictive. She went and told everybody in her little clique uh, mm-hmm. that I was dying of AIDS. When we, I went to the uh, uh, to the uh, conference. We, they had a little meeting with us first and our registration, and they said now they done made that a federal law, just like the HIPAA law. You know, the HIPAA law they can't tell. That's why we have to sign those papers when we go to the doctor, because doctors cannot tell, uh, like, if any of your diagnosis is sugar, diabetes, cancer, they can't go out and tell nobody else. They can't even tell your family member unless you say they can. So now they made that law, and I didn't know that, but I'm like, I'm glad they did. They made that law like somebody tells your HIV status, HIV AIDS status, it's a federal law. Who wants to go to federal jail? Who wants to go to jail, period? And I said, my daughter needs to know that because she's still running her mouth because she don't like me. So she thinks that's hurting me, but it's going to hurt her in the end. not going to hurt me. Why? Well, I mean, uh, is, uh, you and your daughter, y'all still, I mean, is y'all in that relationship at all? Is it still, you know, uh, a rocky that, relationship or what? That relationship is so broken. I, I try and try and try. I'm telling you, she done said the nastiest, meanest things to me. And I still have forgave her because she's my daughter. And she, now she done took the kids. When she got them kids out of luck because I got sick, because I had permanent custody. Wow. I didn't have to let her come and see them or anything. All five of them, I had permanent custody. 
And the youngest one, I had her ever since she was like four months old. So they left when she was nine. She was going to turn 10. So that's how long I had her. And I had the other ones like a year longer than I had the youngest one. Oh wow! So she so, so she she blames you for uh, taking her kids away, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. CPS got involved because she burnt kids with a lighter, but she did a whole wow. lot of abuse over the years to the kids. Burnt one the little boy with an urn. She did a lot of stuff, and CPS pat on her hand and let it go. See, I never when got that. Them, I never got why. Um, because I, I told someone maybe like last month, and they had the same type of situation. I never got why the person. Is so upset with the person who stepped in the help because if you don't step in, them kids going to foster care. They're going to foster care. Amen. Thank you. That's what they were ready to go. And I didn't want to get them because I knew my daughter was going to start a lot of crap. So when we went to a little mediation, they asked, they said, well, your daughter, your kids uh, are going to foster care. Uh, where do you want them to go? And she said, well, my mama. I don't know. Oh, God. But... I told Tanya, I do not want to take those kids. And Tanya, mm-hmm. that's oh, my second daughter, Tanya. And she said, well, if you get a mama, I'll uh, move in and help you with them. She kept her mm-hmm. she kept her promise. Everybody else backed out because the kids are kind of, you know, they've been abused. So they were hard to deal with. But uh, but Tanya, she stuck with me, and we we raised those kids together. And she got a, Tanya got a daughter, too. And, uh. We are, we're all together. Then my two two of my other daughters, I have four daughters, and uh, my youngest daughter is 27, and she mm-hmm. and my oldest daughter, they came to California when we lived in California, so we, I had help. The only one wasn't around was Shell. That's the one who abused the kids and stuff. She wasn't around. She didn't even call or anything. Even when I got sick, she didn't call. She knew that I had the disease because my oldest daughter told her. I said, did she call any time after that? She said, no. I said, okay, that's why you shouldn't have told her. I said, because she's probably now celebrating. And then I found out, I found out that's what she was doing. She went and told everybody. Wow. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, something like that, it's kind of hard to come back. It's kind of hard to, you know, build that, uh, you know, we build that trust. You see what I'm saying? That relationship became, you know, I'm not going to say, it's, you know, it's, you know, not repairable, but, it, it, you know, it, it's going to be a process to repair that type of, you know, because, you know, that that's very, very sensitive, you know, information. You know, now, if you choose to right, that, right. that's your choice. You understand what I'm saying? But that's very Thank sensitive you. information. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, that, and you, you, you hit it right on through that, and right on, right, because that was the issue. Thing yes, she did. I forgave her for it, but then doing that that hurt so bad because I was like, why would she do that? I didn't want those people. Those people don't even like me. So why would I want them to know my business? She's arguing with her ex boyfriend, and he's out on the porch and said he said that's why your mammy got AIDS and dying. And so I'm telling wow. my oldest daughter, I said, well, how would he even know that? How will he know that somebody had to tell him that? And mm-hmm. they're going to say that Shell's oldest daughter told her. I said, no, Shell did, because they not want to believe. And, and my daughter, Shell, is a habitual liar. She lies about everything. Like we talked, I said, 
she told my daughter, I don't think mama love me. And I told my oldest daughter, I said, she's playing a game. Because I know her now, and I keep telling them, I can't birth to her. I know when she's playing games. She she got over on me for years. I mean, she um, she was the baddest child. She was horrible. She caught my couch on fire while my youngest daughter was in the swing sleep. And she's standing there looking at the car, uh, couch in a blaze. She pushed my youngest daughter down the stairs uh, in her walker. So she she broke a mirror, a glass mirror, when I told her to stay away from it. So she was always doing something really, really horrible. And she grew up to be a horrible teenager and a horrible grown person. But she's my daughter. And so and she was my youngest for a long time. So I just keep forgiving her for stuff, and I want us to have a relationship. And she got the buck of the kids. And I'm crazy about my grandkids. So every time she gets mad since they living with her, she takes them away from me and won't let me see or talk to them. So this last time, I said, okay, I will not call and I won't talk to them because I got to live my life because I can't, you know, get make my blood pressure be high. I got this illness, so I can't catch stuff and get sick and stress out like she want me to. I'm not going to do that and die. I'm not dying. I, well, I thought about that before. I'm not thinking about that, man. I'm not dying. I got things to do. So. Wow. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's going to be repaired. I pray that it is. It does. Eventually, it will probably one day. Yeah, a lot of times time, yeah. it takes, you know, they say with age comes wisdom. So, so a lot of times it takes people to get older and, you know, realize that they're yeah. their own ways. Uh-huh. And, you know, people can yeah. try to, you know, tell you what's right, what's wrong. You, a lot of times you got to keep it yourself. And, and then, you know, you, and then when you, you know, you, you wake up and realize the day all along, they try to have your best interest. And, you know, but, but that's a tough one, you know, because a lot, no one wants to hold a mirror up to themselves. You know, that's a, that's the hardest yeah. thing to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying to check yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, because, you know, people have egos and stuff like that, and, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, they just aren't ready to, to have that type of reality in their life, you know, and then you realize right. that you've been wrong and stuff like that. That's the, you know what I mean? And that, mm-hmm. that's the worst part. I don't even, I don't even know her. I don't even know your, your daughter person. I'm just saying, like, I'm just taking the situation. You look at the facts, you take the situation. You can't be mad at somebody else who helps you out. You understand what I'm saying? Because right, at the end of the day, right. you, you, you didn't have to take those kids. They're not sure exactly. what you take. You understand what I'm saying? So that's not your responsibility. And you you understand what you shout to them? Oh, that's how. But then on the flip side, if you didn't take the kids, you're still mad. <laughs> how you going to let my kids go to foster care? Oh, my God. You said exactly what I'd be saying, too. I tell my daughter, I said, either way, I was going to lose. Yeah. That's that was an unwinnable situation. And that's just not fair. It's that, oh my that's, that's God, kind of selfish. So well, I ain't gonna say kind. Yeah. It is selfish. You know what I mean? Is. Just, I, yeah. I can't win. Like if I if I if I take the kids, you're upset about that. You know, because I'm gonna take them and just give them back to you, even though you, you're not living right. And then if I don't take the kids, right. well, I, how how can I do that to my own grandkids? And it's just like. You know, you can't please everyone all the time. Some people, some people just yeah. can never please. And, you know, mm-hmm. as you get older, you realize that. You know, you kind of like leave in their own lane. You can't. You, you know what I mean? Because okay, so what scenario? What scenario would you have been happy with? 
I don't I don't think it was a scenario she's gonna be happy with. I don't think either way right. you're gonna be happy with either either scenario. You're not happy with me taking them and you're definitely not happy with them going to foster care, so what other option is it? But you're right. That's how she is. And she, she would have been either way. She was going to be mad if they went to foster care. Mama should have took them. Uh, uh, she's pitiful. And blah, blah, blah. It was, she would have been talking about me like a dog then. And she did it. When I, and she the one who said, give them to my mama. And turned on me that same day. Called me, still cussing me. I mean, we got tapes of it. I got her locked up and everything. I took a harassment one out on They They, uh, okay. That gave her a terroristic threat one. And they wow. locked her up, too. And you think that wow. stopped her? No. The lady said, you on probation for a year? Don't you call Miss Lawler? Don't you? I don't care. She your mama. Because they heard the tape. And on that tape, she was saying, calling me bees and talking about she's going to kill me. When she see me, she's going to beat me up. But she was cussing a lot, a whole lot of cuss words. And they were shocked. And so she said, "Don't you talk to her? Don't you say nothing? Don't you call her?" She said, "You on the pro- you on probation for a year? I'm telling you, I kid you not. This is in the book. I kid you not. The the anniversary of the year. Ring ring. She started calling and started it all up again. But the thing was, I had tickets to California. She didn't know it. And me and those kids got on a plane." Mm-mm-mm. Wow, that that's you know that's a that, that is a powerful story. So I mean, I, I mean after hearing this story, it's like that must have been his. his I mean, you had to go through that to have this story. Everything, everything I went through, and, and it sucks. But I got if I can lay down and die, or I can live. And I chose to live. And I'm not going to let this stuff get me down, what she's doing. I don't see my grandkids. I don't see my grandkids. I got three other grandkids. I have eight grandkids. But each the other three daughters got one child each. They ain't mm-hmm. thinking about having babies. They ain't thinking about having a lot of babies. And they, at least three of them got college degrees. The, the baby-making machine don't have a college degree. <laughs> she's going to get mad because I said it, but it's true. You had 10 years to get your mm-hmm. life together. You're wow. free. You you kid free. You busy trying to make my life miserable, and it was working. She had people come against me, uh, the so-called godmother, and they going off on me now. They're supposed to be Christians. They're going off me telling me I'm a pitiful grandmother. How am I pitiful? Because this little girl, she was so bad. Uh, one of my granddaughters, she was touching these kids sexually, and uh and it was hard to deal with her. I mean, she was real bad. So I put her in a, I got her counseling because all of the kids were in counseling. And so I got her some extra, extra counseling. And they said that was she, that it's a mental illness. And uh, along with what the abuse she was going through, so I had to put her in like one of those facilities. The facility was nice, though. She's in the facility touching the kids sexually. And bullying the kids. And then she lied on one of the ladies and got the lady fired. So I had to get her out and bring her back. And when I brought her back, why did she tell the little boy? There's only one, I only got one grandson. She told him 
to get something and stab me and my daughter Tanya in the neck. And that's when I called CPS because I was like, this is this girl nine years old and she's thinking about murder. And Tanya was like, if we die, what y'all going to do? Because y'all can't pay bills, y'all can't buy groceries. But she's in a look stupid. But she didn't think about that part, you know, what's going to happen if something happened to us. But that little boy, if he would have did that, he would have beat down. But he told us, she told him that, and said she said if uh, whatever it was, that he, like a, something off a truck or something, if that don't work, get a knife. And so I told CPS. They called the police, and the police said send her back to where she was born at and let them deal with that. And I sent her back, and that little girl's still bad. She fights in school and everything, still bad. Having said, doing with girls and boys. And, uh, and, they, and, and she's bad, really bad. And the other ones are okay. But that one right there is bad. She's just like a mama. And, I, you know, that one, I don't care if I ever talk to her because she get that little thought. Man said, like her mama, you know, her mama saying all kind of bad stuff about us, about me and my other daughters. Uh, but being their face smiling, she was in our face smiling too. But I, you know, I kept on thinking about what she, <laughs> about her telling people that I got AIDS and dying. That I couldn't go to sleep some nights thinking about that because I'm like, she coming in my face smiling and not saying, okay, mama, I'm sorry I did this while y'all was in California. She could at least say that. And then we work on it, but you walking around like, okay, it's okay for somebody to say that, and that's not okay. And that little girl is the same way, just like her. She would give me nasty looks and everything. So I'm okay. Getting by myself. Wow. They, they more ne- never forget how well. I'm, I'm telling you, I treated them real good. They dressed nice. Their hair was not done nice. We went to church. They, I took them places. We took them all kind of places. They ain't getting that now, so but I know they missing it, but they won't get it again because I'm not I'm kid free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a you know that that that's a like um. Do you have a website or something like where people can go? Like, say someone's listening and they want to like reach out and connect with you. Like, how can they connect with you? Uh, well, I'm working on my own website because. I was having some issues with this. I'm doing these quote, air quotes, publisher. It's a long story, so I had to do my own book, and it's a second edition, so they can go on uh, Barnes and Nobles and put in Juana Lawler, second, my life. They ain't got to put in second edition. It's going to bring up the second edition, and the second edition is like a purple color, light purple. It's a real pretty book cover. And it's on Amazon and on uh, Barnes and Nobles. And all you got to do is put in uh, uh, Tawana Lawler, My Life, and it'll pull it up. And, oh, okay. Uh, they can also email me at uh, mylife4861 at gmail.com. Oh, okay. Now, um, do you have anybody you want to um, maybe give a shout-out to, anybody you want to mention on the show, somebody who may have, like, helped you along the way or something like that? Um, but my daughter, because she always got my back. My uh, all my three daughters, but my second daughter Tanya, you're hearing me talking about her all the time. She mm-hmm. always has my back. So a shout out to her. 
and she just came in and peeped in the room. I can't get rid of her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love my baby. But uh, I, to uh, Philippe Matthews, because he is the one who told me to do this second edition, and he's going to interview me uh, the 26th. So if they come on the website, I'm going to have the information so people can come on to that interview. It's going to be live, and it's going to be in the Google chat. So it's going to be an awesome interview with Philippe Matthews. Okay. And and I, I'm I may I, I'm gonna put it in my Facebook. Uh, they can go to my Facebook. Uh, it's uh, Tawana T W A N A L uh, at face, Facebook dot com. Then I have a, a My Life Facebook, but I, I think it's from Tragedy to Destiny. I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on it, but I don't remember that when I just go and, uh, you know, like copy it and put it in places. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they can try to go on there. But uh, the other one, Tawana uh, L, is my Facebook. They can get on there too, and that's where they're going to see. I'm going to have on there uh, the link where you can go to go for the inter- when I have that interview because that's going to be live. Oh, okay, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, with man. Yeah. We 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 definitely uh, you know, thank you for being part of the show. You have anything you know that's coming up? Like, what's next for you? Like, you working on another book or any speaking engagements or anything like that? Or book signings or something like that coming up? Uh, well, I had an interview today with a company in uh, New York, and uh, I'm praying that they hire me. She says she's gonna let me know Friday, but that's where it's a speaker's bureau, so they'll send me to places to speak, and it'll be schools, churches, different places, so I'm going to do that for a while, and I'm trying to get sales on this book uh, so I can uh, start my own company. So I'm going to have a, uh, this, Philippe Matthews has told me, he said, publish your own book, and that's what I did, the second edition, and it's more pages in it, too, and more information, people. <laughs> it's some juicy information. And uh, uh, he told me to do that, and he said, uh, won't you think about starting your own consultant company? He said, because your story is experience enough. And he said, and just have it where, like, people can come online, and uh, we have, like, chats and, like, different things talk about rape, or we have something for abuse, everything that I've been through. And I said, it's a good idea, and I had to run it by Tanya. And uh, kind of like my assistant, and they asked her what did she think, and she said she thought it was a great idea. So once I start making some money with the book, I'm gonna do that, and I'm working on some children books. So oh, and that should be out soon. Oh, okay, well, definitely, I'd like to thank you for being a part of the show. Um, we, we definitely enjoyed having you. Um, anytime you want to come back, just uh, send us an email. And um, that was fun. A lot of y'all, y'all can pick the. You know, uh, oh, where you where you get the book? Is it on Amazon or, or where's the book at again? Amazon or Barnes and Noble or something? Uh, just Google the book. Yes, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble is the best one because it's gonna it's gonna uh, come up easier when you put in Tawana Law of My Life. It'll come up easier than Barnes and Noble because Barnes and Noble is gonna show the first edition, and I don't want them to get the first edition because I'm not gonna get paid on that. It's that money's mm-hmm. going somewhere else. That's why I got the second edition because it's pretty much like my story was being stolen from me. So I, wow. I didn't, so maybe I'll come back. Yeah, that I was so sad and crying and couldn't sleep. 
I was been there since December, and I have not received one check, and I made a lot of sales. And, you know, I've been on speaking engagements and uh, radio interviews, and I did a lot of sales because I promoted it myself. I did everything myself. And I'm doing air quotes again. (laughs) The publisher kept my money and moved to Atlanta, and now his website's gone, numbers change, everything's a change. I don't even know how to find him. Oh, so, no. Yeah. And I told him, he said, don't tell nobody. This is what he said to me. Don't tell everybody what's going on. Yes, I am. To let them know how crooked he is. He's crooked. Really? You have a name or a company or anything? We're going to definitely put that out there. Yeah, we got to put it out you know? there. You know what I mean? So if you, if you want to yeah. scream the name, feel free. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, his name is the company. It's Ashanti. I'll be happy to share it. Ashanti Publication. And his name is Antonio Moses. <laughs> My daughter calls him Antonio the Crook Moses. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> she that, that's what that would be. I you, cracked you, up. You, you, you definitely a crook. Like, if you're going to see, I mean, wow, man. Yeah. Like, and, this, and look, let me share this before I go. The, I told him, I said, uh, because he told me, he said this out of his own mouth. He said, your book's so better than the other uh, author. So now I know I done made money. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling him, he said, when you move it to New York, I said, I can't move until I get my royalties. He would change the subject. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Next thing I know, he done moved to Atlanta. So he wow. done took my money and moved, and knowing I wanted to move to New York, and that's what really made me mad because now I'm trying to get this money together to move to New York because I got these two jobs, the NAACP. I do have that job. That's a definite I won't know until Friday until the other job. And both of these are good-paying jobs. And, they, you know, the NAACP getting in there is hard. Yes, it's it is. My, my, my testimony, and I walked straight. I ran through it. <laughs> I was happy when they called because that's a blessing uh, getting that. That's a blessing, and it's going to help me a lot. But I have to be in New York. Thanks to him, now we trying to struggle to figure out how we gonna, you know, get there. So that's why Philippe. Oh, after that so, that fast one he pulled. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we okay, don't have well, the money might, now. I mean, I, I feel like you'll get you know your money because it's due. You you ready to take him to court and you know get the whole pay, you know court situation and um, all. But yeah, I'm yeah, I feel like that. you know yeah, I feel like I don't think he's gonna just get away with that. I think you want to you know. Better pursue it, you know, legally, but I, I think I'm pretty sure they'll track yeah. him down and, yeah, make you write yeah, what you've done wrong. wrong yeah, he met the wrong one. I think he, I guess he think I'm just going to sit on this. That's, for one, what makes me really, really mad is because it's mm-hmm. my life. You know, so you playing with my life, man, you didn't go through what I went through. And that's, I not told him that, I said, you did not go through this. I said, you didn't almost die. You didn't go through this. This is my life. You don't play with my life. I said, people kill over their lives. I wasn't telling him I was going to kill him, but that <laughs> happened, though. <laughs> it was the threat. Oh, I kind of okay, well, yeah, okay, we won't want to get that mixed in shoes because, you know, I felt threatened. Nah, I didn't know. I, I was a little confused. I was like, uh, uh, I'm not sure which way to take that. No, I ain't no murderer. <laughs> He'll get his. I ain't worrying about him. He'll get his. But seriously, you don't take nobody's story and you bank off of it. You, your company was going to make money anyway. 
so you don't take all my money and keep my money. Take your portion. But he didn't go by the uh, he breached the contract. I got the contract, so I done called better business bureau in America. I ain't saying about that man. He gonna give me my money. He might not give it to me before I move, so I got to concentrate on that. So that's why I got the second edition because I want people to get the book. I want to bless people, but I want them to get the right book because if they get that first edition, he's gonna get the money, and I don't want him getting that money. And they haven't made them none of these sites have made them take it down, or due to the contract you couldn't do that, or. You know, so, you know, buddy, you know, I think I'm gonna contact them because I don't know. I will contact I want the site and let them know, and then you say I can provide documentation of who I am. This person, you know, and they'll probably take it off. You know what I mean, or something. That, you know, that way maybe yeah. you can get it fixed. You know what I mean? Unless you're going to meet yeah. this person, ain't number the thief. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Because I would hate to go to you know uh, one of these Channel Five investigative teams and get it on the news about what's going on and. You know, and throw your name in there too, because you're you're part of. If you're letting them do it, then you're part of. The, you know, you're just as guilty. <laughs> now that right, you know, right. you know you can't do nothing about it. Now that I've told you, uh-huh. and this book continues to be up be, be up here. Well, then obviously it's time to go to you know, time to my local news right. media outlets and stuff like that, and and, and let them know of this of this great story and, and these big name companies. Believe me, the news for with us, you understand what I'm saying? Amazon's involved, yeah. Amazon's involved, all these big name yeah. corporations are involved. In a, yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And defrauding someone? No. They make they make that right real quick, you know? <laughs> and that's why I said for them to go to Barnes and Nobles because when you put it in, that book comes up, the newest one, the second edition. But oh, okay. when you go yeah, on with, uh, Amazon and put it in, all the books come up. And wow. I don't want that. Yeah, we just put it out to know, but then that's that's the best yeah. case scenario. That way, we, you know, we make sure that the uh, you know, make sure that the the funds are going to the correct person, and you know, maybe right, them, right, yeah, get you one of them domain names, small little site. You can um, get you a little site through like um, what's like GoDaddy or like <laughs> you know what I mean, iPage.com. Uh, uh, yeah, get a little site and just put it. Yeah. You know, you gotta be nothing too fancy, just so you can put the book up, and that way. You know, you know that all the proceeds are going to you. You know, from all your, your right. promotion and everything. That's just terrible. Man. And uh, I do have a website. I I'm working on it now. And it's uh, www.mylifeautobiography.com, and that's mine. It, that's my everything. So I'm doing it myself. I'm taking things my, into my own hands. Oh, that's, that's and the you best know way to... I gotta be strong. I've been through all this stuff. That's why they mm-hmm. dummy. I don't know why he's in there playing me because I don't play. I don't play with people. No, I'm gonna tell you. I gotta tell you this: the moving truck when we moved from California back to this place, Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. They when they the drivers who bought the stuff to drop it off didn't have my TV, and I kept telling my daughter, I said, I ain't got my TV. She kind of yelled at me and said, don't worry about that TV. You just worry about that TV. I said, my TV is new. And they have not bought that TV off that truck. So she said, your truck, got it, it got to be on, on there. And she came back and said, I'm sorry. I knew she was going to come back. She said, I think they stole your TV, Mama. She said, uh, they they said they were going to pay $48. This is what they, for a $400 TV, television now. So I said, uh-uh, No. 
I called the Better Business Bureau, and I filed a complaint. Better Business Bureau called them, talked to them. They gave me three, a $300 check. I gave me a brand-new TV. I, that's My daughter said, you don't take nothing laying down, I don't, and I'm not going to take it laying down with him either. He messing with the wrong one. Yeah, man, oh man, that that's man. Mm mm mm. It, it, you know what I mean? But you know, with, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, things are going to happen. You got to just, you know, the the best thing to do is just keep moving forward. You got to keep pushing, keep being persistent, yeah, exactly, consistent. You exactly. Because you know, people are going to be people. You know what I mean? It's, it's sad that people mm-hmm. do that to people, but I mean, that's that's what happens. And that's why you know I'm I mean? not. I'm not letting it bother me. I cried, got my little tears out. Because I was really hurt. I was like, I trusted him because I had this done to me so many times with with mm-hmm. my art, my, with my gifts. People be trying to prostitute, like the two uh, plays. Who did I marry? And he did the same thing and paid me $1,500 and didn't pay me nothing else. Said a check was in the mail. He said that's about a year. I said, forget him too. So he's going to be in this lawsuit too. They think I'm playing with them. Because I want my money. Because I wrote those plays. I was sick and everything. Wow. And it's just, it's like they get greedy when they see that you, you got a gift and I'm a woman. So mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, I've been writing for 15 years. I've been dogged the whole 15 years. Yeah, I think people all you really be. need is, is a good, probably a good PR person that you can handle. The rest yes. of it is you can handle uh-huh. yourself. You get a good PR person, you don't need like this so called. Book publisher, these fake, uh, excuse my language, these, you know, pretend, you know, agent and management companies and stuff that, you know, right, all they right. do is take your money. Here's what really happens. They take your money and go pay a publicist and just, you know, I really understand. I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, a, a, a big, big yeah. number of them, mm-hmm. maybe 80% of them, but there's 20% that actually have the real, you know, connection they, that, they, that they're talking about. But, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you get a publicist because that's what they do. They get the book out there. You know what I mean? They get everyone knowing about your book on not just a regional level, but, like, on a national level. Now, you know, the book's selling off the shelf. And, yeah, that's the best case scenario to shut that down. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they got to come right I, to I'm, your website. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that advice because it's good advice. I never thought of that to contact them and tell them to take that down because he don't own that. He don't – it's – it's copywritten in my name. It's registered. Everything. It's mine. All right, and it's I'm, I'm pretty sure so. it'll get down rather quickly because they, they don't want a lawsuit on their hands because because like I said, you're lying this person to sell it. They're stealing from me, and you're and you're giving them the platform to do it. All right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you understand? I understand. Like I said, you understand. Maybe you didn't know before, but now, now I'm telling you that what's going on. So, you know, after that, then you know. Hey, you got to go down with him if you continue to let him, you know, use your platform to, to steal money with, I'm going to name uh-huh. you in the suit Right. right. <laughs> good idea. Very good idea, right? <laughs> but um, hold the line for me, Twyla. Um, look, we're going to get out a little bit. We had another good show. Um, this is Wild Out Wednesdays, man. You just never know what to expect in real talk. Well, y'all come back tomorrow. We got another show lined up tomorrow for Thirsty Thursdays. Um, you, you, you know what it is. Um, we gonna get out of the building. Um, y'all come back, holler at me tomorrow. Um, peace out. We holler back. Yeah, hang on for me, Twyla.
Gracias. Type of lady that can own the night Angel in the dress, blessing in disguise When hearts connect, you can see it in the eyes No metaphor for your aura, baby, you got it In your love bank, let me make a deposit Give you my time for I give you my wallet Give you the world just cause you deserve it Never have I seen a picture so perfect Go girl, work it, work out just to look good Timeless smile plus cook good Keep it till the reaper comes True rider for the castle Really don't mind hoes who hassle But when war come, ready for battle I see ya, mama mia, humble diva Don't do songs but known for her features Got so much class, your ass should have been a teacher Make a nigga really wanna bring a preacher to meet you, girl Goddamn, you cold as ice I thought I'd let you know I thought I'd let you know Goddamn, you cold as ice Don't lose control Don't lose control Goddamn, you cold as ice I thought I'd let you know. Goddamn, the code is ice. Don't lose control. Don't lose control. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it don't rain no more? Yeah, you and me. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it don't rain no more? Yeah, you and me. Uh, let me take you to eternal bliss She said she wanted more than less She wanted happiness, security Embrace the insecurity, sick of lanes So she said the cure was me, I feel it It's cool girl, you rocking with the finest To make them like this, you have to redefine science Never go against our reliance Let's take a trip to an island or the pina coladas Laugh about to come up when the sun go down We fucking to the sun up, it's nothing, just me and you Told me her sex was a weapon, turned around, hit me with a 22 like Don't lose control. Don't lose control. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it don't rain no more? Yeah, you and me. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it